Sub freaks. Marty here. Matt and I just ripped two hours. You're going to hear all about it when we jump into it. This episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. You already know all about them. They've got a security-first mindset while providing financial services for Bitcoiners. Uh, the security-first mindset is really played out in their Vaults product, which is a product in which you can engage in a two or three multi-seed quorum with Unchained, in which you hold two of three keys whether it be a ledger, a treasure, soon to be a cold card as well. Uh, you control two keys, Unchained controls one. Uh, if you ever want to move your UTXOs out of that multi-sig vault, you can do so by yourself without Unchained. But if you need a little help, you got one key somewhere, another key somewhere else, and you need access to your UTXOs, Unchained is there to be that second signature in that 2 3 quorum. They've open sourced this solution uh, via Caravan, and they just re- released the second version of Caravan, which comes with... Uh, XPUB keys being able to be downloaded in the multi-sig wallet, uh, coin selection, uh, hardware wallet testing suite, and a bunch of other great features that any Bitcoiner should want when creating a multi-sig uh, address. Address? Wallet? Multi-sig wallet? Address both? Uh, forgive me. On top of that, they have their collateralized loan program where if you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, you want some same-day U.S. dollar liquidity, and you, maybe you want to save on taxes or push off taxes a little bit, you can engage in a uh, collateralized loan with Unchained, which you put up Bitcoin, and you get U.S. dollars. Bitcoin's the collateral. You get U.S. dollar liquidity. You spend those U.S. dollars. As long as you're paying back the loan and keeping up with your margin balance, you are Gucci to go, your collateral balance. Uh, on top of that, beyond Caravan, they've got many other open-source projects that they're working on, including Hermit, Slip39, and their incredible blog series. Parker Lewis just dropped another incredible piece on Bitcoin's anti-fragility last week. Go check that out. There's uh, Drew Bonsal, Joe Kelly, Will Cole, Phil Geiger are also contributing to that blog as well. Go to www.unchained-capital.com to check out all this. The Vault, uh, the Collateralized uh, Loan Product, and the blog. www.unchained-capital.com this episode is also brought to you by our good friends at the Cash App. Cash App is helping you do many things. Most importantly, they're helping you stack sats. You can stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats if you so please. Not recommended, but it's there. Uh, on top of that, they're letting you uh, DCA into sats. If you want to set it and forget it, you can buy sats once a day, once a week, or every two weeks on the app. Uh, and on top of that, they're making SAS a standard. Instead of buying fractions of a Bitcoin, you can buy whole SATs. And this is mentally a good thing. It helps eliminate unit bias. Make SATs a standard on the Cash App. It's possible. On top of that, they have Cash App investing. Stock market. I know it's a little, a little abrasive to some of you freaks out there, but the ability is there. If you want to stack slivers of stonks, you can do so on the Cash App via Cash App investing. If your favorite stonk is a little too expensive, you can buy as little as $1 on the Cash App. And because it's directly connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting period. On top of that, Cash App may even be your bank account. They're distributing account number and routing numbers to users so you can direct deposit your paychecks into the app. You can cut the banks out and use Cash App. And they're a new bank, I guess. So Cash App's new bank on the market. You can buy Bitcoin, you can buy slivers of stonks, engage in their boost program or save money of partner merchants. They're really developing their product suite there. Um, so when you do download the Cash App, if you haven't already, make sure you use the code stacking sats. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. One word. 
you're going to get $10 and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Hey, Marty Zal, what's up? Use the code stacking sets, download the cash app, and enjoy this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Boom. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt, our weekly edition. That was a good pop of Rabbit Hole Recap. We're both drinking this week. I've got a nice vodka soda with a little tinge of lemon. What are you drinking, Matt? I'm drinking Oban 14. It's uh, got a tighter cork. That's why you heard that nice sound. That was a very pronounced uh, bottle pop there. They know how to make their corks over there. Where where's it from? It's from Scotland. It's Scotch from Scotland. Yeah. All right, good. It's still it's authentic. Uh, lots to talk about this week. Uh, should we start with Brian Armstrong asking to come on podcast? I I can't believe you invited him on the podcast, Marty. You know, you got to shoot your shot. the The opportunity to have Brian come and have a, a level headed discussion about uh, Bitcoin, his obsession with quote unquote crypto. And whether or not he actually understands this stuff, I, I, you can't balk at that opportunity. No, I mean, look, I would love to have him on the podcast, but he's not gonna—he's not gonna come on the podcast. Uh, you've I think been we would be cordial him, too. You've been calling him a naked mole rat for the last couple of episodes, and before that, I, I'm pretty sure you called him a naked mole rat about a year ago. You know, so this is not a new thing for you. And uh, pretty sure I told him to kindly go fuck himself in the newsletter last week. I think you did. Brian, we can get over this. No, we can't. I think we can. I think we can. We should be in person uh, over Zoom, probably. Actually, we'll talk about Zoom later, um, over a video conferencing tool, and we should hash it out. If you want to have a, uh, not sophisticated, I don't think I could say the word sophisticated, but adult conversation, uh, bereft of emotion, not emotion, but uh, feelings, I think we we could do that. Yeah, no, but it's going to be no holds barred. Like, we're going to fucking ask you everything, and you're going to be extremely uncomfortable, and yes. it's, there's going to be no edits. So I, I imagine you being Brian Armstrong will prefer to go on one of these bullshit Ethereum podcasts where they'll suck your dick. Yeah, yeah. What does that say? What does that say? Face the crowd, Brian. Hey. A, a warm and welcome open invite. I won't bite. I promise. I just yeah. I just want to say something to all the other podcasters that might be listening to this. If you do run, you know, one of those crypto podcasts that I just kind of offended you, I, I kind of apologize for offending you because I'm going to say this. You should bring up the DEA partnership. Like, Please. Have it in your heart to bring that up because I think it's important for your listeners and I think it's important for your open finance ecosystem. Yes, how can you support open finance yet give away all your user data to 
the government. And ask Brian if it's racist to sell surveillance tools to the DEA. Just ask him. Just you can you can even do that kindergarten thing. Matt wants me to ask you. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt and Marty, because I want to know that question too. Yeah, Marty me. also. Yes, um, the DEA. Uh, not a good track record, in my opinion. <laughs> But we covered that last week. If you freaks don't know, Coinbase is selling user data or blockchain analysis data, not necessarily their users, but presumably their users to the DEA and IRS. Um, so be aware. Back to the topic of this podcast, which is Bitcoin. We're looking at Clark Moody's Bitcoin dashboard. A beautiful dashboard. Fucking love this dashboard. Um, <laughs> price is currently at $9,364. We're at block 635330 Nice even number there. We had a difficulty adjustment earlier this week. Uh, would go, went um, up 15% almost. Huge, uh, huge upwards adjustment. We're almost near the all-time high difficulty. So it seems like uh, hash rate is recovering pretty well after the halving which is surprising some people. Uh, currently, right now, blocks are coming in since the last uh, retarget at 10 minutes and 42 seconds. Uh, next uh, retarget date is scheduled, or not scheduled, is estimated to be June 29th, um, and we are 1,726 blocks away from that. Excuse me, I had a little burp. Uh, there's currently 30,396 transactions in the mempool. Um Samurai Whirlpool, last 30-day transaction volume has been 558.65 BTC. Uh, there's been 6,450 cycles in the last 30 days. Uh, what else can we look at here? Fees are pretty low. 20 sats per byte should get you in uh, in a timely manner. If you want to get in the next block, they're recommending 42 sats per byte on Clark's dashboard, but that is subject to change, obviously, with demand. Uh, yeah, it's about it. Average fee versus the reward uh, is about 3.41% or 0.22 Bitcoins, going down a little bit after the halving. I also love some? that dashboard. Yeah, it's a great one. One of my bookmarks. Fundamentals are strong right now. Uh, I'm li- I'm liking this little price consolidation. It's been uh, it feels like you you had a great tweet this morning, uh, tweeting uh, a screenshot. You had a screenshot. I'm like, dude, I'll tweet because it's gonna get deleted. Yeah, I would have uh, just quote tweeted it or responded underneath him, but I knew he was gonna delete it, so I I had to take a screenshot. Unfortunately. Yeah, and it's a very good point you made. Uh, the fact that people are complaining that Bitcoin is hovering just below ten thousand isn't there yet, considering all. We're- the macro uh, developments that are going on is perplexing to people. Bitcoin is not succeeding. It was a it was a trend I noticed, right? Because Joe Weisenthal also said something similar. Um, Six reasons why Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, and most of them basically were based off the fact that like Bitcoin should be higher than 10k right now, based on all the macro situations, right? But that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, right? That like. That is so awesome that even the bears, you know, believe that Bitcoin's too low in price. Like that's just like to me, when I first got into Bitcoin, when people said $10,000 price targets, I thought they were batshit crazy. Not batshit crazy, but I just, you know, 
right, it was moon math. It was bullshit moon math that like maybe one day we would hit it, but not, you know, anytime soon. And now it's just too low, just normal. Yeah. And it's, it, people really, they ha- I mean, the, the bull run in 2017, people have that weird bias where it, we're not biased, but just mentally Anchoring stuck bias. in their mind. Yeah. Yes. Anchoring bias. Like they, they're anchored on the $20,000 Bitcoin when it was only there for maybe minutes at that level. And then it was above 10 K I believe for like something like less than 2% of its entire life cycle, probably even less than that. Well, we never broke 20 K, right? No, we got like close. I think it wicked up for like a minute. Yeah. If that, and the whole thing was like, it was like 10 days. It was like 10 days above or like 15 days above 10 K. It was like the most insanity thing ever. Yes. In that run, but we did last this time last year, we ran up to that level as well and hovered around there for quite a bit. That's when I told uh, everyone to market buy, right? <laughs> yes, yes. At like thirteen K, right? Dude, it was probably exactly a year um from today, actually, now that I think about that. Yeah. Apologies on that one. Hey. Um In my defense, listen- I did as well. Yes, and I did as well. And if you're listening right now, you should market buy. I'm gonna market buy right now. Uh oh. Um, uh oh. Got an on air market buy. Always feels good. I actually um, donated some sats today, so I'm gonna I'm gonna replenish. I'm I'm not buying Bitcoin anymore because it should be higher, and that's bearish. <laughs> that is bearish. The whole the whole investment thesis is bunk now. It's it's too low for me to be bullish on it. It needs to be higher. What, would uh would twenty k make you bullish? Then it's then it's too high for me to be bullish on it. Uh. I, yeah, and I also like oh like the the having is priced in and shit is like we're just it doesn't matter anymore. I right. I just no one gets proved either way regardless of what happens because they well we if it goes up more, it's just for other reasons you know we more just, than doubled from the March twelfth bottom so we the hat like the having got priced in it had to double in price from that point to the point of the having. Uh, we just had like a mini freeze there, but it's 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 priced in. Don't worry, it's priced in now. It doubled since March twelfth. I'm back now. I think I have too much too many devices connected to this shitty router. So I'm gonna. I mean, why don't you start us off on the next story, and I'm gonna go around turning off things. Okay, you go around and turn off things. I'm gonna get us started on the next story or the first story, really. Uh, cold card firmware version 3.16 has been released. This is their, uh, update that, um, I believe it's the one, yes, that, uh, deals with the bit 143 attack that we talked about last week or the week and the week before. Um, so it's an enhancement, uh, detect report and block the recently reported type of attack against bit 143 replay of segwit inputs with an error message. No changes needed to your input PSP. PBST, God, it was bound to happen. Uh, we'll show errors similar to input uh, number sign zero, expected 15, but PSBT claims five Bitcoin. Um, so they're basically Rodolfo and crew took their time. Is it is it a crew? Is it only Rodolfo looking at this? I don't know. Matt's still turning off devices. Uh, took their time to uh, work around this bit 143 bug and firmware version 
3.1.6 has a, a fix in for that. And basically it'll be a, an error message showing up if somebody tries to uh, replace your original transaction with a transaction that has a enormously high fee. Uh, I know Matt's going to want to going to want to comment on this. So I'll announce some other updates in this particular upgrade. They have Q, QE co, QE, QR code rendering has been re improved. So it should make it more readable for more cases and faster. If you're having problems, uh, if your phone or camera is having problems recognizing the QR code. Uh, and then when the cold card is finally lies, this goes back to the bit 143 bug at the, when the cold card is finalizing the transaction, They'll show the TXID of the transaction on screen, so that should match up, and hopefully uh, you are not getting your transaction replaced with something with a higher fee. And the beauty of this setup is that it doesn't break any existing software that supports cold card. Hey, what a responsible upgrade. And they figured it out in a week. Are we? Uh, that's what I asked. We was it? Uh, was it just Rodolfo working on this, or did he have help with it? I, I mean, I think the brains behind the operation is uh, is his is his uh, co-founder Peter. Uh, Rodolfo is more of the pretty face in the front. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what does this say about responsible disclosures? I know Zach. Uh, Zach Herbert came out with a nice thread last week describing the differences between the hardware wallets and the different trade-offs you make when uh, uh, sort of trusting the different parts of each device, particularly the uh, secure enclave um, throughout each and the chips that are on them. Um, and he, he came out in that thread and said he respects what cold card is doing the most and trusts uh, probably that hardware the most and it will be uh, basing foundations designs off of what cold card is doing not basing it off of what cold card is doing but trying to follow no he what is they've done in terms he is of best basing practices. it off i mean he's like it seems we'll see you know when he actually delivers a device but it seems like it's going to be very similar to cold card i mean cold card is open source right so um if he does use cold source cold cards code it hopefully that you know he'll contribute back upstream uh yeah. with any changes he makes uh or I any improvements anyone. but anyway um did we talk i mean look i think the freaks know i i won't speak for you but i, I actually i'm gonna speak for you i think the freaks know that we think the cold card's the best hardware wallet on the market um yes i tr i trust it the most i like it's i like it's set up the most um, I fucking love the power user features. I love that it has the secure element while everything else is open source. Um, I like that you don't have to trust the secure element. I like that I can count on it in a physical attack scenario. Um, I, I like that there's no like bridge connecting to cold card servers. Exactly. To, to feed you addresses and stuff like that. But um, I, I do want to... I because you just chimed in there it it protects you more than other devices would in a physical scenario but like you should still try and obviously um 
reduce physical access to it. Like you don't want an attacker to, to be holding any of these devices. But if they're holding a treasure, uh, they're going to be able to extract that seed relatively cheaply and relatively easily. And then once they do that, then they just have to brute force your passphrase if you have a passphrase enabled. Um, so physical security is, is definitely much more in, in cold cards favor. Um, one thing that Zach missed in his thread is on the treasure T, which by the way, like I think is like a, it's, it's a decent product. Like the treasure T is a good product. I don't think anyone should be using the treasure one. Um, because it's just, I, you can't enter the passphrase on the device. Um, and you need a passphrase if you want any kind of physical security there. Um, with the Treasure T, they did put a, like a Band-Aid over it with that SD card feature that they added, where you can, the seed is encrypted with a secret that's held on the SD card. So if if the SD card is kept separately from the Treasure T, then you do have a, a decent amount of physical security there, as long as you keep the two two separate, the SD card and the treasure. Like an attacker would need both the SD card, the treasure, and and uh, your passphrase to compromise it, which I think is much, much better. And then the other thing is like one of the main benefits of the treasure is that they had ridiculous software support. Like the treasure T, you could plug into like everything. Uh, and right now they don't because of the way they handled the, the that bug. So yeah, I own both. Uh, Disclosure disclaimer i own both as well yeah uh, i even own ledgers uh but i and then it's the other thing it's just like a good rule of thumb two good rules of thumbs uh rules of thumbs uh with hardware wallets is you should using multiple you know multiple different types of wallets uh is a nice way of minimizing risk because if one gets one fucks you like you don't lose everything uh compartmentalizing and then the other thing is like new hardware, new software releases, like you should be very conservative with, with stuff, especially if you can't read code and you're not a programmer. You Let things sit on the market for a little bit. Let them get attacked. Let's see what kind of vulnerabilities they are before you start trusting them too much. Yeah, I would agree. And then on top of that, just don't keep all your eggs in one basket either. The yeah. I mean whether or not the validity of this story is true, but somebody is claiming to have gotten uh, I fished. I, I do as well, uh, but you could use that bullshit as an example of you You don't want to have all your, your things in one, one basket if you do just so happen to get hacked. It's going to diversify your, your UTXOs. Never enter your seed into your computer, freaks. Especially if you've been around for seven years. Unless you have, like, unless you're doing some kind of recovery or you're trying to get into Electrum, use Electrum to recover. But be very careful if you do it. Like, it it should be, you know, you should be using a fresh computer. You should be very careful with it. If you, you if an extension or an app or something is asking you to enter in your hardware wallet seed, it is going to steal your money. Yes, and you should be able to verify that on device going forward. What? Right? I think you can enter your seed phrase on the Trezor. Well, yeah. So the Trezor one for a while had like this scrambled word thing you did to make up for the fact that you couldn't enter it directly in the device. But now I believe they have like matrix set up. 
I haven't used a Treasure One in like five years because that's when the Treasure T came out. So, like, I don't understand if you have any kind of decent amount of coin, like, you shouldn't be using this old device that you that is harder to type things in. But yes, I my understanding is the Treasure One you can now through this through this method called matrix, you can type it in on the device, which is how you want to do it. You want to put it on the device. In Eric's case, he was supposedly using a keep key, which is a treasure clone, a treasure one clone made by Shapeshift, which they sell for $10 to get you into the Shapeshift ecosystem. Uh, so it's a loss leader product, um, which I would never use a keep key just in general. Um, if you're going to use it, you, you know, use a treasure, not the clone of the treasure, uh, just good. Another general rule of thumb, not to use the cloned product, use the actual product. Um, but yeah, you should enter, you should enter the seed seed directly onto the device. Uh, ledger, you can enter the seed directly on the device and you're never expected to not enter it directly on the device. Cold card, you're never suspe- expected not to enter it directly on the device. Treasure T, you're never, they never ask for you to type it into the computer. Uh, out of all of the seed recovery setups, the UX on the Treasure T is actually the best because uh, it's a touchscreen. But also, touchscreens have security issues of themselves. Yeah, so. what's that one <laughs> hardware device we've been getting tagged in? Engrave or something like that? No. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, once. Did we get tagged once? We I got tagged again, I think, a couple days ago. I know. First I of all, it's, it. it's like a Kickstarter. It's unreleased. So never, like... Just don't pay attention to unreleased products. This goes back to our general rule of thumb previously. It let it be on the market for a while. Second of all, I read that I read their blog post and it's just all buzzwords. Like when you read yeah. buzzwords and like blockchain and unhackable and shit, uh, alarm bells should start ringing. Yeah, I watched the uh, the video. It seems very uh, snake oil salesy. Yeah, I look. There's only. As far as I'm concerned, right now, there's only three hardware wallets people should be looking at. That's Cold Card, Ledger, and Treasure T. Um, the Ledger is completely cold so- closed source. Uh, their apps are open source, but the, the actual device is closed. So you have to trust them. Uh, but they, they own that, and they're quite good at shit coins. Uh, if so if you're... An ashamed freak who's like trying to stake or something like that. Like you can do that all through Ledger. They do that really didn't, well. Didn't they just release Ledger Live as a desktop app, desktop app, so you don't even have to connect to them though? No, they, it was always a desktop app. Oh, they, so you connect to their servers. You do connect to their servers. Oh, oh, I but they, I thought they released something that allowed you to cut their servers out. No, no, soon supposedly. We have a couple Ledger guys who listen to the pod. One of them promised us a couple months ago that it was going to happen soon. That was a priority. Uh, So I'm holding them to that. We're looking forward to that. Um, What's cool about the Ledger Nano X, and it's one of the reasons why some of my, like, college friends, like like, I tell them to get it, is because they have the mobile app. And as as... I, as like much as it pains me, you know, if they're running like a shitty old Windows computer and they don't want to get a new computer, like it makes a lot of sense to use their closed source iPhone with their closed source Ledger wallet and the closed source app. 
but I tell them, you know, when you're ready, we got to move up to cold card once you sell your shit coins. Yeah. That is, uh, some might find that blasphemous, but a lot of you have to, here. you have to, uh, I mean, you just have to be realistic with normie expectations of UX and I've, I've, uh, improved or become more technical as I become more acquainted with Bitcoin and the technology that exists around it. Uh, we'll just stick on wallets and seeds here for the next two oh, topics. Wait, did you talk about BIP85 while I was walked away from the computer? Um, for cold card, no, I did not. So this is the coolest part of the update. Uh, because to be to be honest, like the attack, it se- that, that attack they patched seems like that's a very obscure attack. They would need to compromise your computer. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it seems like a very uh, nuanced, complicated attack. This, yeah, we touched on this last week, right? Yeah, BIP85 is fucking massive because you get to make as infinite amount of child seeds. Yeah, but I said last week that I wasn't positive it was going to be in the update or not. Well, it was in the update. So you can, 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 you can create child seeds from your cold card seed. Let's say you have like a phone wallet or something, and then all you have to do is back up the cold card, and it backs up all of your child seeds. That's awesome. Yes. And so you'd have to lose all of the devices or software that your child seeds run on plus the cold card to lose as well. So I think that's a good... And the cold card backup. Yeah. Good diversification of risk there. Pretty cool. Um, shout out to the cold card team, putting the team on their back, sticking on wallets, seed generation, all that recovery. Uh, this is pretty cool. Automated BIP39 recovery in Electrum was released, I believe, today or yesterday by Luke Childs uh, of the Electrum team. And this is just a pretty dope uh, improvement in user experience when you're recovering a seed uh, and trying to upload a wallet into Electrum. Uh, and it basically allows you to recover it, and then it scans the derivation pass to see where um, where you may have UTXOs within the the HD wallet, which is pretty dope. Yeah. So each wallet has uses different derivation paths. So like it's not just the seed that the information that you need to restore a wallet. So this basically makes, um, Electrum an easy place to go to recover wallets that stop working other places like emergency recovery. Um, so this is basically that one time where you would be entering a seed into your computer and it wouldn't be malicious. Yes. Uh, and he made it really slick. So it's not, it's not merged yet, but it seems like it's working. Um, I assume this will be included in Electrum 4, which is a major release that should hopefully be done really soon. I'm pretty excited for this release. It's going to be a big one for Electrum. Yeah, and uh, there's so many segues going on here. We could um, segue the let's segue this into what Blockstream just released with Esplora. They announced that they have uh, a an Electrum Electris Electris, correct? Yeah, Electrum Rust server. Yeah, so they're they're launching an Electrum Rust server with Esplora, which is their um, their software that allows you to run a block explorer. Uh, on your own device so you don't have to go online and look up addresses so and they've announced that they're going to launch it with uh electris now so that you can use that to to sort of pull um, data on your own transactions and stuff like that yeah it's two things it's it's uh 
not only do they have an an open Electra server, so if you're running it without your own node, um, you can, you can use theirs. You can use theirs. See, when you use Electrum, it defaults to random public servers. These random public servers are expensive to run. So, presumably, they're being run by some OGs who like Electrum and are doing it for ideological reasons. And then mostly chain analysis companies, surveillance companies are, are doing it because whichever Electrum servers you connect to, they can see all your transactions your addresses, your balances, and your IP address, which links back to your identity. So, Blockstream is now offering an Electra server that you can connect to to trust them instead. Uh, to, uh, to some people, that, uh, I mean, to me, I think that's an improvement. But you still shouldn't do that, I don't think. You should connect, and like, to go back to our earlier conversation, when you're using Ledger Live, you're connecting to Ledger Server. When you're using wallet.treasure.io, you're connecting to Treasure Server. So in this instance, you trust Blockstream instead of Treasure or Ledger or surveillance companies. Um, they also now, if you run Esplora, it comes packaged with its own Electris. So you can just have the whole package. So you run Esplora, you have a Blockchain Explorer, you have Electris. And then you connect Electrum to Electris, and you're able to use your own node with with your with your Bitcoin. Yeah, and this is actually pretty big. Not, it's not a huge development. It's a nice development to see, especially since the Electrum X uh, maintainer is going a bit nuts, and will only be supporting as a BSV or Bcash moving forward. It's BSV. Hate to say it. But there's a fork of Electromax too that isn't going BSV. And this is a fork of Electris that Blockstream's maintaining. So I, I don't really think um Yeah, I mean in terms of performant Electrum server options, we're the best we've ever been before. It's not yeah. a it's not a cause of for concern. Because you also have and then you have uh Bitcoin Wallet Tracker, BWT, which is its own Electrum server implementation. Yeah, it's a plug-in. Done in Rust as well. Rust coming up strong. Rust is, uh, from what I understand, a very powerful programming language. I was looking for the next topic I wanted to jump to, but um, that I wanted to jump ahead to something. I can't find it right now off the top of my head. Um, but while we're on... The subject of wallets and nodes. This is actually pretty huge. Uh, Bitcoin Core is finally splitting the node and the GUI software, and they will be different um, sort of modules that can be worked on separately. Uh, Hinati announced this today. I think it's official. I don't think it's a pull request. I think it's been merged, and you can start um, working on the, the GUI and the nodes separately in GitHub. Uh, in a branch of the Bitcoin slash Bitcoin uh, GitHub, uh, which is pretty big. This is something that the Quartz developers have been working towards for quite a while. Shout out to Ryan of Sky, Rushnovsky, um, who's put in a lot of work to make it possible to work on these two different parts of the software separately. And apparently, now that this is possible, it'll be a lot easier to um, to make better changes in a more timely manner when they're when they're needed. Matt's reading right now. Uh, I mean, I think this is 
I mean, I, I think this is like the first step. I don't think like anything, it's anything very significant. Let me see what Hanati said. You can start reviewing the code. Anyway, this has been a long-term goal for the project. Uh, so, good to see yeah. regardless. Yeah. Hanati uh, at H. Hibasto said, now it is officially, uh, it has officially been merged to welcome new contributors to dedicated Bitcoin core GUI repo. So there's a dedicated GUI repo where you can go and work on that. Yeah, but it looks like it's just getting dropped back into the other repo. Yeah. Uh. All right, maybe I'm wrong. Could be wrong. That's what, what I'm I, saying is I think this is separate from the idea where the idea where you you can update the GUI without making any breaking consensus changes. Like you can upgrade the wallet without creating an inadvertent fork, right? I don't think yeah. that's the case here. I think it's more from the developer focus, like where like how you're actually reviewing the code and, and adding new code. All right, I'll eat crow here. I could be probably wrong. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people in the comments telling us what's up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Hanadi listens, so he'll he'll let me know who's wrong here. Um, Hopefully we're both wrong. I love when that happens. But it seems like it's moving forward, which is good to see. Um, In terms of moving forward with Bitcoin core development, uh, BitMEX and OKCoin announced... $150,000 $150,000 grant to a friend of the podcast, Amidi Adewar. Shout out to Amidi. Shout out to BitMEX. Um, who else? Somebody matched them at 75000 Who was it? It was OKCoin and BitMEX. OKCoin. Shout out to OKCoin, BitMEX, Amidi doing great work to help uh, make Bitcoin more private at a P2P level and doing some work on the mempool and transaction. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, broadcasting yes rebroadcasting it's uh that's a privacy leak many don't think about i felt bad about interrupting you so much last last week so i'm trying to interrupt less don't hey just be natural man just be natural some more quiet matt today i interrupt don't be quiet i interrupted you earlier so you owe me an interruption uh, marty you're gonna tell the freaks that you canceled our live our our reunion today Oh uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, son's got a doctor's appointment in the morning. It's completely, completely fair. Completely fair. Yeah, I would not have. I would not have been able to drink, and uh, return the car in time. Which defeats the, the whole purpose. Yeah, not gonna we'll have a sober reunion. No, we're gonna make it happen soon. Uh, though, don't worry. Do we? We have shout-outs today, don't we? We do. That's what I was gonna say. I'm gonna interrupt you with these shout-outs. We've got two. I'm going to jump into the first one here. They're going to come for us. They're going to fall. What they don't know is that we are doing it for our children. Some old enough to know what we're fighting for. Some not yet born. We're doing it for our grandparents who fought and died in wars so that they could be free. We're doing it for those who can't do it themselves. Friends, family. And when those of us who don't know our arses from our elbows eventually awake, realize all the time maliciously taken from us by banks states and states then all the days we have been stowing away will be made of honor and glorious spring they're going to come for us fuck them let's get it bitcoiners from at hodler than thou and at 21 ism hashtag bitcoin movie night 
pretty sure that's from uh, Braveheart. Cheers. Play on Braveheart. Cheers, freaks. Cheers to you guys. Love you guys. To the grandparents and the grandkids. I hope you guys like my pronunciation of arses there. I, I try to make it as natural and flowing as possible. I've been practicing. It was all right. Okay. I'll take that. Uh, good day to you. This is a question. Uh, good day to you, gents from the crypt. I love your show. I want to say thanks on behalf of all the listeners. Your work keeps us our conviction in Bitcoin strong and our Bitcoin knowledge ever expanding. I have built several companies in the past, but I want to start a new company in Bitcoin as I have found that fixing the money is the only thing I am very passionate about. Any ideas on what's missing in the industry, but from a non-technical angle? Thanks, and with my highest regards, at Tokyo Porsche 911. I've been thinking of this. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, It's been said many times in the past, the best way to support Bitcoin is just keep your fiat job and stacking sats and helping the price floor. If you really, it's, I mean, education is what I talk about a lot. Uh, Even if you want to, that's why I started what I do, uh, this podcast and the newsletter. Uh, Did I miss something or was that an extremely open-ended question? Well, it's like, he wants to start a new company. Uh, any ideas for what's missing from the industry? They didn't give us anything to go on. He likes cars. Non-technical. Non-technical is something to go on. The nice thing about a Porsche compared to a Lambo is is they still offer it with stick shift. If you buy a Lambo, you have to buy it automatic with paddles. Major Hand negative. up. I don't, I don't know how to drive a stick. Yeah, but you know, you're spending that much. You got to learn. You yeah. got to learn. Uh, you got any ideas? I mean, you could teach Bitcoiners how to drive drive stick. That's a nice organic to, idea we just came up with. He wants to help Bitcoin. Does that help Bitcoin by... Uh, I, I, you can have an exotic car dealership that sells cars for Bitcoin. Next bull run will be necessary. Huh. I don't know if it helps get, Bitcoin. It doesn't hurt Bitcoin. It creates a I circular wanna, economy. Hoddle all the sats that you sell the cars for. I want to provide Tokyo Porsche 911 with some actionable advice here. I don't uh, educate. Help I focus yourself. On education. Don't ask what you can do for Bitcoin. Ask what Bitcoin can do for you, and then the rest will come. You'll figure it out. Just learn yourself. Constantly learn yourself, and you'll figure out. You know, help your friends, help your family. Obviously, me and Marty are predisposed to the education side. The, the whole reason I do this podcast is because I imagine all of you freaks are then the Bitcoin guys in your communities. That's the only way this shit scales. So no matter what, do that aspect. And if other things come up, other things come up, you know? But don't go quitting your fiat job so quickly just to jump in without a plan. or any- That's like the worst idea you can do. Yeah. You'll just end yeah. up selling your sats at the bottom. Yeah, I still have a fiat job. Matt still has a fiat job. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, this is, you, you don't you don't drop everything and jump into this. That's how Andreas ends up with zero Bitcoin. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> you don't want to have to ask for a donation drive. You definitely don't. I don't think he asked for that. He though. didn't. He, he didn't. He was. It was natural. Yeah, that was that was one of the more kind-hearted uh, situations in the Bitcoin community. Even if he does have his shitcoin tendencies sometimes, I would not have as much Bitcoin as I do today if it wasn't for Andreas. Neither would I. And he retweeted the bent today, so I thank you for that, Andreas. He retweeted the bent, even though it's written by a white dude. Oh, Matthew. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He just completely snubbed us on that whole podcast thing. Yeah, Never no, forget. I know. 
That was before all this shit, too. Uh, all this shit, man. We'll get into that later. I just poured my second vodka drink. I'm not sure if we should get into that. Yeah, maybe we'll avoid it. Kind of uh, just we'll dragged see. it in. Yeah, well, you brought it up. Anyway, last last cycle, I would just watch Andreas' videos and then market by Bitcoin. Like, that's what I would do. So he'll always have a special place in my heart, even if he lost his way. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Bitcoin is for everybody. At least he's not selling spy software to the DEA. There's different rungs to this shit, you know? I agree. I agree. Um, Speaking of different rungs, I don't know how this actually plays into the segue, but BitMEX came out with an incredible research report this week. I wrote about (laughs) it in the Bent. Uh, maybe we could talk about different rungs of mining. The worst uh, segue ever. Mining ASIC, Bitcoin mining ASIC manufacturers. Uh, so Bitmain, Bitmain, wow. Bitmex dove into uh, the numbers, the balance sheets, and the market share of the most predominant ASIC producers in the game. And there's just a very good, well put together research piece basically proved something I've been saying and Matt's been saying for some time is that Bitmain is probably losing its dominance in the ASIC manufacturing uh, space. It is still the most dominant with 46% of uh, the estimated market share. Uh, but MicroBT, which uh, manufactures the uh, What's Miners, M20Ss and M30Ss, is catching up last year, or excuse me, in 2018, it accounted for 9% of the total market share in last year it, it grew to 35 percent so that's pretty considerable growth there and at the same time bitmain's market share fell from 67 percent to 46 percent and then do we uh, know anything also, about micro bt like who runs yeah, it and shit yeah so micro bt's founder is actually the designer of the s9 um which to date is the most successful minor model to date so it's like a bitmain fork Exactly. So this guy, um, I'm not going to guess his name because I'm going to get it terribly wrong. <laughs> he left He left to start MicroBT and uh, the What's Minor 20, M20Ss and M30Ss uh, seemed to be what the S9 was for Bitmain. And that's actually a great American mining. That's what we use is the M20 and M30Ss. And they have been extremely well performant and... Uh, Bitmain has actually had a lot of problems with their S17s, uh, particularly with uh, failure rates. Have been pretty high. I've I've seen one, uh, actually more than one, uh, miner complain that they've seen failure rates of S17 shipments up to thirty percent, which shit. is which is pretty untenable. Um, apparently, there. That's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, their heat sinks are are not designed well uh, on on the S17. Apparently. They're working on fixing that with the S19, but we'll see. Anyway, it's good to see uh, manufacturing distribute. Um, we obviously want to see it distribute as much as possible. Uh, so hopefully MicroBT doesn't become the champion here and just gobble up all the, the market market share. Uh, so it's it's definitely something to watch, but uh, Bitmain can go fuck themselves. So it's good to see their market share falling. Yeah, let's touch on Bitmain. They they're going through like some crazy drama right now as well, where they have like a a corporate boardroom sort of mutiny going on. Apparently, they're they're holding off shipments too of S nineteens because 
Jihan's technically out of Bitmain, right? I thought he's back in now. I, th- I think like as an advisor or something no, like I that. No, I think, but... isn't there a power struggle between him and, I'm going to butcher his name. Macaw? It starts with an M, right? Isn't it like Macron, yeah. Micron or something? McCree, McCree, I think. McCree Z um, or something? Yeah. Well, apparently it's it's a proxy of Jihan. Uh, so there's the McCree faction and uh, somebody who's working as a proxy of Jihan and, and they're holding up. McCree Zahn. Yeah. Says he was removed from Bitmain without board approval. Yeah, I mean, this story is pretty crazy. They showed up, apparently, the Jihan faction showed up when McCree was going to get his business license at a local um, Chinese government business license distributor, and they literally just, like, took the physical license out of McCree's, or somebody representing McCree's hand, and that, like, gave them technical ownership of Bitmain or something like that. Anyway, it's good to see this power struggle since Jihan tried to take over fucking Bitcoin, so... Hey, fuck your mother if you want to fuck, Jihan. If you want to fork, right? Fork your mother yeah. if you want to fork? Yeah. Wasn't that the... I think it was fuck your mother if you want to fuck. Um, and then, I mean, digging deeper to this BitMEX uh, research piece, MicroBTC and Bitmain weren't the only two companies they looked into. They looked into eBag and Kanon as well. And Kanon's eBag's IP. the weirdest name. Right? E-bang. E-bang. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Uh, apparently, well, I think actually in the no bullshit Bitcoin chat, I noticed right before we hit record, uh, E-bang selects NASDAQ for its IB- IPO, in which plans to raise more than $100 million. Oh, shit. Block Crypto just uh, announced that. Do we know when no- the IPO is? Uh, let me pull up the link. Um well, I pull up the link. Apparently, Canon's IPO, like they did some weird shit immediately after it, and Didn't they, they have not been kicked out or something. Oh no, their their IPO happened, right? Yeah, it happened uh, last year at some point, I believe, or maybe even before that. Was is it on the Canadian exchange, or am I making shit up? Hut Eight is on the Canadian sh- exchange. I know for a fact. I think Canon may be there as well, but don't quote me on that. Just stack sats, guys. Don't buy the fucking IPO. Of, you're going to underperform Bitcoin. You heard it here first. Yeah. Or maybe not first. I'm sure other people have said it. The uh, Yeah, so eBang plans the IPO on NASDAQ. I don't think it says an exact year or exact date when it will IPO. I think they're still doing the courting process. Probably take time to, to work that out with NASDAQ and how they'll do it. Um, the symbol, the symbol will be Ebon. That actually reminds me. I didn't put this on the list, but I saw it on that same feed earlier today. Uh, Whirlpool got updated. Samurai Whirlpool, both the GUI and the CLI, got updated. Updated freaks. Yeah, I've been looking at my stability uh, improvements and bug fixes. Yeah, the GUI on desktop has some. If bugs you're if you're not fixed. using CLI, CLI is the command line interface. First of all, it's significantly better because it runs 24 7 uh you can run the gui as standalone if you run the gui as standalone you don't have to update the cli the gui automatically updates the cli but if you run the gui and it's connected to your node it runs 24 7 as well right right but so you you can use the gui as just an interface to interact with the cli but if you're not running the cli the gui runs standalone and then it's not 24 7 yeah 
So be aware, be aware, download that. Another, I mean, I didn't d- dive into this, um, particularly Pete, the no bullshit Bitcoin's best telegram group I've joined in quite some time. Uh, shout out to uh, whoever is running that channel. Um, the, uh, apparently Wiz has an update on the Mt. Gox Bitcoins. So I'm going to go read that at some point as well. I didn't dive into it though. There's only so much time in the day. Okay, what's our next? Uh, we just got really sidetracked. Also, shout out to whoever runs that. I remember what I wanted to jump to earlier. We were talking about it before we hit record when we were on the concept of like seeds and while it's John Contrell, uh, founder of Juggernaut, the Lightning Network P2P chat app, uh, dropped a medium piece, I believe it was this morning, that explained how he broke Alistair Milne's engagement buying scheme. <laughs> Is that your wording? That's my wording, yeah. <laughs> um, it's pretty, we, I mean... We shat on Alistair because that's exactly what it was. Yeah, we did. I th- believe if you freaks listened two weeks ago, <laughs> Alistair was doing this engagement or this buying follower scheme. buying technique where he you had to retweet, follow, uh, quote, retweet, whatever, because he was going Across to Across all of his accounts. Like yes, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, shit. Twitch. Yeah. Um, and so he's going to the Alistair was doing this by saying that he was going to, well, not by saying he was releasing uh, individual words as part of a seed phrase of a wallet that held one Bitcoin. And he was going to do this slowly over time. And John Contrell was following this and uh, he basically brute forced the seed phrase after eight words were disclosed. And the process for doing this was actually pretty fascinating to what read about. Boss. Yeah. Um, so in short, John rented a bunch of GPUs using Azure. He, uh, wrote a special script. He spent a speaks- decent amount of money on it. What did he, sp- he spent like a thousand dollars on GPUs, right? I, no, I think it was like $500 all in cause he rented them. Um, he's lucky. He's lucky that it was a real seed. You know, imagine if Alistair was just like bullshitting around fucking with people. Well, that's the, uh, speaking of nuance, hit your bingo boards. Um, the nuance of this is actually pretty fascinating. So he um, rented a bunch of GPUs uh, and they basically brute force. He, he figured out if you know eight eight words of a 12-word BIP39 seed, it'll probably take about one trillion guesses to Which is just to a regular it. seed. Yeah. Um, and that was actually, this to me, it was like, ah, maybe 24 seed should be like just the go-to moving forward. Um, but there were some assumptions that he made that, that helped him uh, basically do this. And the most important of which, what I thought was fascinating is uh, the words were released and he assumed this in the correct order. So the first eight words were released. Uh, and since they were in the same order, he just had to find the last four words and not rearrange the first eight. Makes it considerably easier if that had not been done it would have been eight factorial. There would have been eight factorial more possibilities. But and I think Alistair the- admitted that they were in the correct order. Yeah, I think he, I think that was the assumption going in. The other thing Alistair did was, which makes, it was honestly, as far as using a Bitcoin giveaway to buy engagement, it was pretty genius, right? Because he said you had to follow his accounts because he was going to make them private before he released some of the words. So if you weren't, it was a way to make sure you actually followed him. Yeah. But if anyone was going to break this, I'm glad it was our buddy, John. And 
especially because he he gives us this great ass write up instead of just disappearing into the into the the ether. Yeah, I, I was gonna say ether, and then I was like, I gotta. I was trying to look for a different word. I couldn't think of one. Um, <laughs> the abyss. And and what he says he's he's gonna try and do, which is fucking, you know, gotta give it to him. It's fucking hilarious. He's like, I'm gonna do a giveaway now, and I'm gonna do one that can't be broken easily. Uh, so we'll see what he has in store for us. It's yeah, still engagement gonna... buying, John. It's still engagement buying. He's gonna yes, John. You better not like tell people to reap retweet any of your shit or follow you or we'll call Down, you out download juggernaut chill it uh, yo i like jo- juggernaut oh yeah there was a great episode on juggernaut with our boy paul uh future paul on twitter uh his podcast cyberdeck users weekly he had john on so john was probably on that recording while he was while he was brute forcing uh alistair's seed so everyone should go listen to that that was a really good episode we gotta get john on John, if you're listening, let's hook this up. Uh, I'm down. Talk about talk about Juggernaut and how you brute force this. And and John is also open sourcing the process and uh, the tools that he used to brute force this. And this drives home a very good point. I think um, Brian Lockhart pointed this out. That anybody uh, suggesting that you split up seed phrases and, and hide them in multiple locations probably bad advice. Because if you get uh, if you get even part of the seed phrase can probably be brute forced with enough time. He also had a not too subtle snub at JW in there too. Yeah. JW, I'm sorry if you're listening, but it's, I mean, it's just a fact at this point, you shouldn't be splitting up these, these seed phrases. I mean, it doesn't protect you, right? Like you're going to, they, they can brute it, but I, I, I mean, I, I, there's nuance, right? There's no, I'm not defending a lot of JW's arguments, but in terms of actual splitting, um, it does add complexity for no real major benefit. So it is what it is. There's better ways to store your seed. Let me put it that way. The, the complexity, like you, if one part of that. Yeah, but like if if like some random schmuck finds four words highlighted in a book or something, and it's really four words of a 12-word seed. Like, they don't even know they're supposed to be... They don't even know what they're looking at, right? They don't know what they're brooding. So there's there's nuance here, for sure, right? Just don't assume that, like, if they if they find six, assume that, like, they're going to brood the other six, if they know what it is. Well, I think the first assumption that has to go in is that you're being attacked by somebody who knows what they're looking for, right? Well, I mean, I... We've said this before on the podcast, but the you know the first step to Bitcoin security is to keep your fucking mouth shut. We're not very good at that. <laughs> what? I've never. What? Can you explain Bitcoin to me? I actually lost all my Bitcoin in a tragic fishing accident, so I'm starting off from zero again. Yeah, a shark ate my arm, and I had a chip that had my private key in if it. If you guys want to help me try and claw back some of my stack, you can buy us a bottle through the tftc.io slash contribute. Hey, please, sir, more, more sats. <laughs> um, let's get to some updates here. BISC version 1.3.5 has been released. Uh, so if you are a BISC user and you are trading there, um, definitely update that. The update, got to find the right GitHub page. When you have all these updates, you have like 15 tabs with GitHub on it. Uh, so the DAO 
Bondview, they fix sorting of columns. Uh, they fix proof of burn signing for password protected wallets, improved proof of burn layout, and the UI has been improved. Um, trading, which I think is the most pertinent update section. Uh, and when accepting an offer, do not round the Bitcoin amount outside range. Editing an offer should not allow the Bitcoin amount to be changed. If you're running BISC, update it. I love when Marty just reads release notes, has no idea. He has no idea what they mean. Marty, do you have it? When accepting an offer, do not round the BTC amount outside range. Do you know what that means? I mean, outside the range of the offer that was given, I would imagine. I have no idea what it means. Yeah, I mean. Why is it outside the range? Isn't the range there already? What's the point of an offer if it's outside the range? Well, maybe that's been an annoying UX issue for people. They've been putting it outside the range. Like, hey, I don't want to sell that many sets. What about this one? Fix trade withdraw to external wallet step four. Fix trade (laughs) withdrawal to external (laughs) wallet step four. I'm going to click on it. What does that mean? So the routine cleanup address entries in Trade Manager was presumably releasing funds associated with trades when they reached the last step of the process. Usually with a single trade, this would not be an issue because cleanup address entries is called after the withdrawal. But if you have more than one trade at step four, then the first withdrawal would go through. But all the others would fail and they are message missing X amount of Bitcoin. Yeah, so it's just like a little bug. No, that's great. I'm glad they fixed that. Your trade would go through and you'd still get an error message. At least that's what it seems like. I'm glad we explained to the freaks what that particular release note item meant um but using this as a as a segue our boy bitcoin q a who put out uh the the bisque explainer and walkthrough that we talked about last week um also has just recently put out great explainers on coin join toxic change and he did a dedicated full node comparison chart which is pretty dope it's a nice i suppose chart that lays out all the you can interrupt you can interrupt i interrupt the, you because you speak so goddamn slowly marty you speak so slowly do i speak faster time is money well the vodka's got got me slowing down right supposedly now. i inspired him i had like a little checklist like checkbox chart that showed like different the different features and pros and cons of the different nodes so he went above and beyond and it's fucking beautiful i love it so yeah. if you're a user, a fanboy, a uh, contributor to any of these projects, make sure you look at his chart and harass him about what he got wrong because you guys did that to me and that's how I was able to refine my chart. And he asked me for my opinion and I gave him some changes, but I mostly told him, you're just going to post this one publicly and you'll get it right in a, in a, in a week or so when everyone lets you know. What were the changes that you proposed? Uh, well, now I got to pull up the chart, but I personally, I got the chart up personally. I like, I think I like the Raspberry Blitz the best right now. I haven't tried Ronin Dojo. If you're going to build it yourself, I like Raspberry Blitz the best right now. And Over you're running that on your Casa node, right? Or no, I'm running it. I just have a single Raspberry four. I actually haven't gotten my Casa node yet. They said they're going to get it to me soon. I have to like coordinate that. Um, and I'll probably put Ronin Dojo on that, on that one. 
Um, but I ran my node on this first, and then I flashed Raspberry Blitz on it. Obviously, I have two noddles. Uh, as far as pre-built goes, I love the noddle. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you already missed the AMA with the noddle team and OC Bitcoin Network, but it is on YouTube, so you can watch it after the fact. It's a great AMA. You get to see Keto Miner and Esquietu with a nice tropical background. Uh, they're on an island talking about noddle and, and privacy. Oh, did you watch it? It was good? I caught like I popped in for for a few minutes. I'm just gonna blindly assume it was good because I like both those guys and uh, Keto's a fucking man. They're both a man. They're both they're both fucking awesome. Um, you know, from like a privacy and security point of view, the Raspberry Blitz is just way more hardened, in my opinion, than my node. Well, um, while we're talking about this. It's not even Node software, but self-made uh, hardware wallets. They're like really getting your boy all riled up. Like Spectre. Who put out a Spectre um, tutorial this week? Was it Diverter? I'm not sure, but I know Raspberry Blitz has Spectre built into it. Yeah. I mean, I think, dude, that's going to be the wave of the future. We talk about hardware wallets a lot, obviously. Um like the MK5 off the rack, uh, just generic parts, building a hardware wallet with generic computing parts. I I, I think that's going to be my next Bitcoin project is doing one of those because I think that's going to be the biggest FUD with hardware wallets in the future is just the, the supply chain stuff. You just gave me a brain fart, but it's not MK5. I know what you're thinking of. Yes, it is. MKS or MK5? No, you're... you're th- you're thinking of the modular computing platform, right? Yes. I'm not thinking of the Mark V, which hasn't been released. That's going to be sick, though. It might not be called the Mark V, though. I uh, guess we're I only know. on MK3 right now. What am I thinking of? What is that? What's that called? Uh, I don't think it's MD5. MK5. What was, uh, what was Justin Moon's thing called? BitBoy that up you screwed with me by saying mk5 i'm sorry stateless qr gap hobbyist wallet using python oh my god this is killing me i know for a fact it's not the mk5 platform M5 stack. Thank you. God. My bad, freaks. I'm glad we figured it out. That was killing me inside. I'm going to drink a little (laughs) bit of whiskey. That shit's dope. M5 stack is fucking dope. Right. Just in general. Like, people make, like, drones and shit. You know, you can make all different things with it. I need to get my... I haven't gotten it yet. I need to fucking play around with that. It seems dope. Can you give me a break? Because MK and 5 were in M5 stack. Eh. Eh. Uh, I don't know. You just you just you just teased a future cold card is what you did. My bad. Shout out Rodolfo, another bingo. But yeah, like a multi sig, easy multi sig, with something like Spectre, and then you use or like even ca- the new Caravan seems dope as fuck. Um, I like the old Caravan, and that wasn't even an HD wallet. Um, so you you have like open source software, you run it with your own node, and then you're able to add. A couple good hardware wallets, 
maybe a hardware wallet you build yourself and then like a key on your computer or a key on your phone. Seems pretty secure. Yeah, that seems, but we're not there yet really. So like, don't, don't like, you know, kill yourself over trying to get a good multi-sig setup right now. I think it's, um, having multiple signals, single sig wallets and then graduating to multi-sig in the future is, is not a horrible idea because it will be easier. Electro multi-sig fucking sucks. I will say that. Yeah. You just made me think like, we're not there yet. Like, should we have like a ice cube? Are we there yet? Meme um, that comes out and we just like throw that at Matt Odell every once in a while. Are we there yet? Well, that's what people say. Like, are we ready for mass adoption? Are we ready for the next bull run? Like, no, we're never going to be ready, but we'll be more ready. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Well, that's the way I like to look at it is like Bitcoin is ready for the amount of adoption that is, I don't want to say necessary at a given point in time, but that it's willing to accept at a given point in time. Like 2017, perfect example, mempool fold up, fees went up, which will happen again in the future, but Coinbase was crashing, on-ramps were crashing, couldn't even facilitate trades. and Coinbase uh, is that, still crashing. <laughs> that, yes, because, well, we'll get to that later. Brian, if you come on the pod, we will ask you about that as well. Yeah, Brian. Priorities, man. What are your where are your priorities at? We'll also ask you about compound. <laughs> open finance. Liquid mining. DeFi. <sighs> um but yeah, at that given point in time, like the network and the infrastructure around it literally couldn't handle everybody that wanted to get onto it. This time around, it will be able to handle more and in the future even more. People um, were selling Binance accounts for like 100K or Polo accounts. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Uh, now I remember. In hindsight, like, should I, I should have just owned a bunch of accounts and just sold all the accounts. That was like a missed opportunity there. The new domain squatting. Yeah. Hmm. Should have, could have, would have. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's another debate that's been going around. I mean, we talked about it last week, too. Would you ever sell your Twitter account secretly? And what price? Uh, full disclosure, yes. If I was like, because I'm like getting secretly. to the point where I'm like. Secretly. Yeah, because I think it would be obvious that I sold it. I'm not saying it would be obvious. Like, it would people would get burned before it was obvious. Oh, no, no. If that's not the, eh. What price, Marty? What's your price? <sighs> Do you see this guy Charty BTC sold his account for like two point one two point one billion sets? That's just that's twenty one Bitcoin, right? Yeah. You would just sell everyone under the bus for twenty one freaks. I wouldn't no. do that to you. I'm fucking with you. I would never do that either. I w- I might think about it, but I wouldn't do it to you. How? Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't do it either. It's illegal anyway. I don't want to. I don't need. It's not smoke. illegal. It just breaks the terms of service of, of Twitter. Breaking the terms of service of Twitter is not illegal. They could sue you. Couldn't I mean, what's like? Look at the at Bitcoin account. Like things, like things have been happening over there. Yeah. Like people sell accounts all the time. Charity just sold his account. What talk about this? I did not see this or hear this. Am I gonna get yelled at? I'm sorry. The vodka, like vodka, Marty's like. Ugh. Why are you gonna get yelled at? Give me enough sats and I'll sell my Twitter account. I, it was a good question, right? Brian, if you come on the podcast, we will ask you that question as well. That one just came to me. It was a nice, hard-hitting question. Uh, what did Charlie do? 
He sold his account to like some like paid group scammer. How did people find out? I am Nomad posted about it, I'm pretty sure. Or Sicarius posted about it. I actually like for someone who to, preaches stay to humble f- stack sats, like I love following trader Twitter. I just oh. I do it all the time. I mean that's how I got introduced to Bitcoin Twitter and crypto Twitter. Let's be honest, it was crypto Twitter back in the day. And still is. The trading the trading uh subgenre of it is all in crypto. They don't give a fuck. But I love I am nomad and scare Sicarius as well. Yeah, so supposedly um, Charty had like ten thousand followers and like they weren't very quality followers. Like supposedly a lot of them were bought, or at least that was the accusation. And he was able to sell it for like four thousand dollars. So like maybe so I, it just got me thinking, you know, like I wonder what prices like people would pay for these things just to scam people. I would never do it to you, freaks, but I'm just, it's an interesting thought experiment. How much would you buy MatthewOdell.com for from that penist? I'll pay him, I'll pay him 100,000 sats for that domain. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be expensive in the, in the future. If it's not expensive right now, I would pay him nothing for that domain. I don't need it. I have mattodell.com. That's a better one. Sure. What now? Uh, freaks, to be clear, I'm not, I don't plan on selling my Twitter account. But if anybody has a 21 <laughs> Bitcoin offer, let me know. <laughs> All offers are accepted, but he does not plan on selling it. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot the password. Um, this is pretty big news. Back to, uh, the list uh river they uh closed that around raised 5.7 million dollars uh and the most interesting thing about this announcement was the fact that an overwhelming majority of their customers are boomers um not something i was expecting to to learn from this announcement i thought that was just a uh i think like leishman just said that in passing and and the fortune guy took it took a run with it right or did Leishman no. actually say that the majority of their customers are boomers? It has been growing 80% every month since January, with 77% of that growth coming from those 55 or older. Wow. Interesting. Right? Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, it's yeah. it's available now in, what, like 30 states or something like that? Yeah, and their their intention with this seed round is to improve... Their product, obviously, as well as get the licensing f- to get in all fifty states. Well, at least forty nine. Like, yeah, fuck New York. Yeah, don't bother with New York. Our favorite Ripple board member Ben Lawsky made sure that that was prohibitively expensive for you. Uh, fuck you. Oh, whoa, whoa. While we're on that, we'll get back to River. Wait, wait, we love River. Okay. But how would Giancarlo fucking whatever his name is? I didn't even read that. But he's on the board of Ripple now. Is Giancarlo... No, I thought he just said it wasn't a security. Or is he on the board? He's on the board now. Oh, my God. He's he's supposed to be our boy, right? He was... Never trust any boys. (laughs) Not me, not Matt, especially not Giancarlo. So he was the ex-head of the CFTC. Marty, how much Bitcoin would they have to pay you to be on the board of Ripple? There you go. There's another hard-hitting one. I would I wouldn't take that. I would do it for twenty one. I would feel too disgusted. I would do it. I wouldn't sell my Twitter account so you freaks get scanned by it. Like I would never do that. But I would join the board and I would be a very out. I'd get kicked off the board very quickly. 
have them pay me to join the board, and then I would just grandstand on the boardroom meetings, and then I would get kicked out. Where are the fir- <laughs> yeah, if I got elected <laughs> to the board or paid to be on the board, I'd just be like, where are the first 33,000 blocks? Just Heckolowski. You just Heckolowski until they kick Heckolowski, Dan Katz, whatever that dude's name is. What's his name? Joel Katz, but that's not Joel his real Katz. name. That's a name. Dan Katz is Big Cat. Sorry, Big Cat, for dragging you into this, if um, you're listening. On, on a better note, what I was going to say is our boy Rod, Rod Rowdy formally announced that he has joined River as well with this announcement. I'm very as happy for Rod. Chief Client Officer. What a boss. Um, and very excited to see what the River team does with this raise. And I think having Rod on staff is going to do incredible things. If you've checked out the WTF happened in 1971.com site, seems like River is supporting them as well, which you'll love to see. Because what the fuck happened in 1971? Yo, someone bought what the fuck happened in 2020, and I don't think it was them. That's, uh, hey, that's somebody forward thinking. I'm surprised it wasn't you. I tried, and I saw it was bought. <laughs> uh, Guilty. How dom- hey, how many domains have you bought in the last six months? Not many. I've been mostly focusing on on sats. I uh, all my Ethereum proof of stake domains are burning a hole in my pocket because they refuse to launch. Oh, you're what? I have a bunch of Ethereum proof of stake focused oh, yes. domains that I've been holding on to for like five years now or four years now that are completely worthless because uh, they don't have proof of stake yet. Well, how about that? Did you catch uh that back and forth between Phil Geiger and Vitalik this week. I hopped in there a little bit. Harry Suddick was in there. CK was in there. Where Vitalik didn't know the supply, the future supply of Ethereum. He didn't know the future supply. And then he tried to boldface lie that Ethereum's uh, inflation rate or distribution rate has never increased. That's literally a lie. If you look at the chart, when they extend the difficulty bombs. Yeah, the ice age. When in, they end the ice age, it increases. When they end the ice age, it increases the distribution of supply, the percentage of overall supply that's being distributed to the network. Like, this dude doesn't even know how his own network works. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't following that. No, I did not follow that thread. I've actually, like, I've been trying to back, I like been less on Twitter recently. I've noticed that. I'm trying to use it more like Kanye. Just come in and drop shit and then leave. Yeah. You just come in I, and drop some bombs. I've actually been taking a step back as well. It's too politicized right now. I've I it's, like I don't like politics Twitter, so I Well it's, everything's bled in and it's It was legit made me depressed, like the last week particularly. Like at times where I get like caught into it. It's like there's too many weird videos out there, there's too much division, there's too much diversion, there's not very nuanced conversations. Uh it's very vitriolic right now. Also, nobody should like Aunt Jemima's isn't maple syrup. Like no one should like the no one should be eating that maple syrup anyway because I was it's not just expecting shitty. it to get here. Because it's just shitty, you know. I got, I got a fun by story. That. I got a fun story. Um, I had a good friend in college who was on the Penn State football team before the whole Joe Passaga came out, um, and. Uh, Poor guy. Fuck you, Jerry Sandusky. Um, it was his 21st birthday at Arts Fest, which is a huge event in uh, at Penn State in the middle of the summer. Uh, the football team has a lift for life 
event there, I believe, too. And then, so after the Live for Life event, football players have a couple days off, I believe. It was my buddy's 21st birthday. And I, being from out of town, uh, was with the Penn State football team, and they were pretty good. I'm pretty sure they were preseason nationally ranked at this point. And uh, just some loser from uh, Philly hanging out with these guys. And I was trying to impress them. And one of the linebackers at the time pointed at a bottle of Aunt Jemima's maple syrup and said, you won't chug that. And I uh, proceeded to chug the bottle of Aunt Jemima's maple syrup and i do not recommend it to anybody and they didn't pay you any bitcoin no i went into like diabetic shot shock i shit myself for like eight hours oh straight God, we don't need to hear that so the moral yeah. of the story freaks is that you don't have to pay marty anything you know you can just get him you can get him for cheap yeah i'm pretty susceptible to uh to tricks no yeah fuck just you. kidding i'll never put my seed phrase in the web browser idiots oh my God. that's mean if it's true that's mean <laughs> sorry I do feel for him if it if it did happen. It's a bit fishy though. It's super fishy. Going to buy an apartment, also put it into Casa Multisig. Dad's in the yeah. Panama Papers. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, enough on that topic. Um, let's go to another positive thing. Uh, KYC not dot me has launched. It launched like a half an hour after the last rabbit hole recap. Um. Pretty cool site. Details all the different ways you can get Bitcoin and Monero without KYC. Yes. The Monero stands, man. Shut the fuck up. You guys, like, can't hold water, like, in any of your arguments. They're coming out in full force these days, Matt. I like Team Monero. I I just think they need to refine their arguments a little bit. I think they're intellectually disingenuous. I think they're completely wrong about ASICs. This is my... Obviously. This is my main issue, but that's about it. Another thing on this KYC not dot me site, another site where I didn't know a lot of these exchanges existed. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these P2P things are like very localized and... Uh, we talked about this last week, you know, you got to, it's going to take a lot more due diligence and care and research when you use things like this versus, you know, like a publicly traded company, like our sponsor cash app. Um, and disclaimer cash app sponsor. It's a privacy versus convenience trade off, um, which is what we see every day in life. You know, I went on, um, I went on the POV crypto podcast uh, with her boy CK and Great David rip, Hoffman, uh, and I, I came to the realization that you know I go into the weeds a little bit about privacy. Like motherfucker has an Alexa in his house, you know. Like I understand it's convenient, but that's the privacy. You have an Alexa? No, David does. You know, so oh. it's like, it's like so you talk about like Tor and shit. Like okay, well like unplug the wiretap first. You know, like. Snapchat has built-in location sharing where it tells you like a heat map where it shows like don't use Snapchat. You know, there's like little things. There's little things you could do to improve your privacy that are way above the weeds that I go into that I feel like we should talk about more, you know, Uh, like Instagram. Don't have like a public Instagram where you're posting pictures of you and your family and your loved ones and your dogs. Keep it private. 
if you do have Instagram. But it's um, still not private, right? But yeah. Yeah. Um, funny Alexa story. I was at my cousin's house who had Alexa, and I was trying to prove a point. And I just like was joking. It was like, Alexa, stop spying on us. And it was like a five-second break. And then in Amazon, like, we take privacy seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. So if any of you freaks have Alexa out there, which I don't believe you should, uh, ask that question. You'll get the uh, the Amazon spiel on how they care about privacy. And like when people come over to your house, you should you should warn them that you have an active wiretap so that they don't talk about the, like I, I I'm I'm probably a rare weirdo that when I walk in, I like look for the Alexas and the Googles and the series, um, the home pods or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're like, Oh, you guys have your tinfoil hats on. And this has been proven in court that Alexa has been used, uh, without permission to pull data. And yes, we have a phone in our pocket that has a microphone in it. Right. But these, these devices are designed the, the the assistant devices are designed to literally always be listening. That's what well, they're been, designed for. I've been taking small steps to leave the house without my phone, which feels great. And actually actually makes me appreciate life outside more when yeah, I do it. And like if you I, do I, take a phone, like bring your graphene burner. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I've been working out been getting back into the workout scene, surfing like whenever I go surfing, whenever I work out in the morning. Whether it be a run or meet up with my cousin to a circuit workout, have been bringing my phone. It's just like nice to have that peace of mind. Like, yo, I'm not being tracked right now. And I'm paying attention to the world around me. The real trick is you like attach, you should like attach your phone to your dog and just like let him go for a romp so they think you're like running through the forest and you're right. just really surfing. And you really freak them out. Why is he running through the forest? That's why it's important. It's important to always have a tracking device. Just in case, like, you get into shit, you can send them in the wrong, <laughs> send them in the wrong direction. <laughs> just throw it in somebody's backpack. There you go. Um, no, that's one thing, like, getting back into the workout scene, I really want one of those watches where you can, like, track your health data. Uh, I'm like, fuck. They're all spyware. Right. It's all spyware. It's horrible. But I want it so bad. I want to know that data. Like, will that become a thing? Like, will you be able to... I know you think it's a shitcoin, but like Urbit, will you be able to like connect to that server and store th- and store that data there? You know, we'll see. We'll see. I won't. I'm. I'm. I'm in a nicer mood today. I'm in a, a friendly mood, but I. I do think uh, the tokens involved with Urbit are shitcoins. You know, the idea is kind of cool, but the actual tokens and how they were distributed early on, how they're distributed now, are. Well, they're not tokens, right? They're they're tokens. They're namespaces. They're stars and universes and whatever you want to call them, but they're tokens. But I don't think they're ER, I don't think they're ERC twenty tokens, dude. The, they're like ERC seven twenty one or something tokens. We'll find they're non fungible tokens. They're NFTs, Marty. Anyway, I think, uh, I think they're coming out with some more Bitcoin software. Look. To each their own. I believe everyone has the right to get wrecked. Uh, I I believe in free markets. Everyone can do what they want to do. I just think that every single asset, including NFTs on Urbit, are going to trend to zero in Bitcoin terms long term. Yes. Whether that's a building, whether that's a bar of gold, 
whether that's XMR, whether that's an NFT on Orbit, whether that's Ethereum, all trending to zero long-term in Bitcoin. Alternatively, you could say that Bitcoin was designed to pump forever. Whichever of those two phrasings you prefer, you can go with. They both mean the same fucking thing. I completely co-signed that message, by the way. It's been co-signed. I am. Uh, you don't even need a shit, shit coin to, to co-sign it. I'm fascinated by Urbit by just like the personal computing aspect of it, like holding, holding your own data. Um, we'll see though. We'll see though. Should we switch to more positive news again? We keep I we mean, keep pivoting us. That's not negative. Hey, we're <laughs> we're vodka loose right now. We're just going with the fucking well, flow. You're bro. vodka loose. I'm scotch loose. Um. Razarshi Mitra, I try. I mean, I did my best. I kind of trapped you in that one because that's the one I wanted to go with, but I couldn't pronounce his name. Yes, um, Razarshi. I'm sorry if I am butchering your name right now. But he explained his journey uh, to contributing to Bitcoin Core. He had his first uh, Bitcoin Core merge recently. Unfortunately, I do not have a Medium account anymore. And could not sign in to read the whole thing because it's in the cryptocurrency page. But um, I have been following uh, on Twitter, and and it was a very inspiring story, at least from what I read from Twitter. He's like, I never thought I'd be able to do this, but luckily people were there. He went from no coding background to contributing to Bitcoin Core, and it's about his story. And I believe that you get three free reads if you're not a Medium subscriber. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, again, like just, and I I think I retweeted this on Twitter when he originally announced it there. Um, it may seem daunting to contribute, but if you are willing and able to put the time in to actually learn and, and figure out how you can contribute, there's many ways to contribute. Um, it's possible. And m- people are doing it more and more by the day. Yeah, that freak who reached out. Uh, and the shout out, learn to code. There you go. Just got banned from Twitter for that advice. <laughs> Are we going to get banned from Twitter, dude? I'm telling you, you called me crazy for saying that our YouTube account is going to get fucking delisted soon. It's going to happen. I'm, I, I will be on Twitter to the day I get banned. That's the goal. One day I'll just push it too far and it'll happen. When you get banned, you're going to move to Urbit? No. No one's moving to Urbit. It's not going to happen. I, I, I could be, you know, I hope this is a, for, for my Urbit coiners out there, like I hope this is a poor take on me, but I just don't see it. Out. I think it's vaporware. I, you, I see, I was trying not to be mean, but now I'm just mean. I, I, mean, I want to call it vaporware. The, uh, it, it is software that exists. I will, I will admit that uh, its success of being widely adopted is very low percentage. It's rate. command line software, right? At the moment, yes. Do you, Urban has a messaging client. Do you talk to anybody on it? No, I mean, I still have to, like, <laughs> I, my planet was up and running for like <laughs> maybe a day and the computer I was running it on crapped out so like i need to like reboot that and i need some hand holding for that yeah but. look i also i'm bearish on mastodon i don't think mastodon's gonna happen um i think the next evolution of social media we don't we can't really fathom it yet 
it'll be like a black swan. Like, oh. I mean, did you see TikTok coming? No, but God, it scares the fuck out of me. That cursed app. Did you did you see the story that came out this week that like people are uh, garnering millions of followers by sucking up to the CCP, being like China? Um, I know some communist parties like uh, sympathizers. I have a close friend who's like a TikTok influencer now. He went from like ten k followers to like one hundred and ten thousand in a week, two weeks. What's his what's his shtick? I don't want I I I dox him and myself if I tell you what his shtick is, but it is okay. not Bitcoin related at all. <laughs> do you call him out for it? I will send it to you privately. Uh, do well, I, what I, do what do I call him out for it? It's great. He's fucking, you know, all the power to him. I'm trying to get him to pivot into Bitcoin stuff now that he's got them on the hook. Oh man, I don't know. TikTok makes people do weird things, man. Yeah, TikTok's a weird, 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 weird app. But I, I don't Are know. We, maybe am I just being like a boomer about it? You know? Yeah, no, exactly. That's what she's about to say. Are we just some fucking geriatric millennials? Do you see that? thread on twitter about how they're just hating on millennials in tiktok yes yes yeah. how good is that yeah. threat it was such a good threat hey you know what i've been afraid of you guys for for quite a while now but you know what gen z fuck you what? all right i i love my i love my bitcoin zoomers uh nick can't mind right nick can't mind's my intern i love you brother there you go um look everything he was my intern he's, he's now at bitcoin magazine everything that they said in those threads is completely true and i don't like those millennials either so oh neither do i yes the i would actually yeah i would argue we're, we're not those those millennials they basically called people out for being wanderlust and uh, not taking responsibility and blah I'm, blah blah i'm not gonna paraphrase because i can't do it justice they fucking burned they were, they were good fucking lines i don't know it was catchy it's amazing I saw the, uh, Bob's Burgers meme. Did you see that one yet? No. The, the daughter and Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Where it's just like the millennial, the the cuck millennial just uh, complaining like, oh, we should change this. And then like the Chad Gen Z just burning everything down. Like, fuck the cops. <gasps> anyway, TikTok is spyware. If it's on your phone, that's the first step to reclaiming your privacy is uninstall it. Also, Twitter is spyware as well, but just not to the same extent. You should probably uninstall that too. Use the web app. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, Twitter asked me to do a survey earlier to speak about their DMs. And it's like, wow, they basically admitted that they can see your DMs. Yeah, of course they can. It's not encrypted. It's not end-to-end encrypted. That's one of the things. This is a great fucking segue. Uh, first of all, Twitter has, could have the number one chat platform if they just made their DMs decent at all. And I say this as a heavy Twitter user and a Twitter shareholder. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. So like, first off, before we even get to encryption, like they should be searchable to some extent, right? I like lose DMs all the time. It's fucking ridiculous. Like you can't, you can only search by name. You can't search by the contents of the message. That is fucking ridiculous. The second thing is, if you delete a message on your side, it should delete on the other person's side. And the third thing, and arguably the most important thing, is it should be end-to-end encrypted. I understand it will be closed source. That is not ideal. It is still 
at least a better promise than the current implementation, which is just completely readable and searchable by Twitter. Um, and that's where this pivot comes in. It's amazing to me how much shit Zoom got for not being end-to-end encrypted, and it was because no one trusted them as a platform. It like it opened people's eyes. Like if you don't trust a company, then you need end-to-end encryption to so you don't have to trust them. And that's how we should be with all these companies. You shouldn't trust Facebook. You shouldn't trust Twitter. You shouldn't t- trust TikTok, and you shouldn't trust Zoom. Like all of it should be end-to-end encrypted. So originally, Zoom announced that they were just going to end-to-end encrypt paid subscribers. And now they're going to end-to-end encrypt everyone as long as you do a light KYC. You have to do like a phone number verification. But that's good to see. Yeah. I want to see that Buy become the standard. Yeah, dude, the the survey I filled out, it was like, hey, I've been using Twitter a while. Let's see what the sur-. It was like, holy shit. Like, you're basically admitting that you're reading my DMs. Yeah, everyone knows that. That's what they're doing. Yeah. That's why, yeah. like, I post my PGP key... If you're going to message me, use the PGP if it's sensitive or go to Keybase, which is owned by Zoom now, but it is open source and end-to-end <laughs> encrypted. Um, it was, it or, was a slick disclaimer. Or Telegram, which I can at least search through the messages. Uh, and they have the secret chat, which is supposedly encrypted end-to-end, but is questionable. You can use PGP in any of those methods. Uh, I have my wire posted. No one uses wire. That's supposed to be end-to-end encrypted. I want all of this to at least supposed to be end-to-end encrypted. Even if it's closed source, the goal should be end-to-end encryption. Um, that should be the standard. That's what I'm saying is so weird, right? Because uh, Google Meet isn't end-to-end encrypted. Their video chat isn't end-to-end encrypted. Skype used to be peer-to-peer, not necessarily encrypted i don't think but it was peer-to-peer at least and then they switched it to a server model so that all their calls would automatically go through their servers so they could log everything um uh, fucking what's the other one that's uh what all the video chats facebook none of them are end-to-end encrypted except for signal facetime's voip isn't it oh facetime is end-to-end encrypted but yes. it's for it's all everything apple does is end-to-end encrypted but proprietary you know, like iMessage and and FaceTime. Uh, but, like, it's closed source. So, you know, you can't have verify. to trust them. You, you can't verify the code. No, Even if you can't read code, no one else can verify the code. You have no idea what's running there. But it's still better than nothing. Better than just being like, no, fuck you. We're just going to be able to see everything, and you have to trust us. Yeah. It is weird, man. Download Juggernaut. Start start DMing via the Lightning Network. That's end-to-end encrypted, and that's open source. Yeah. It costs more than Signal. Well, it's, it evens out at the end of the day, though. I thought you have to pay a SAT per message. Yeah, but you also receive a SAT per message, too, right? What is if you're a big talker and not a big receiver? Yeah, that's on you. you got to become more, uh, more uh, brief with your messaging. <laughs> We've still got a more, couple more topics. We're an hour and a half in. I'm loving this rip. Uh, uh, one of your, one of your. Should we just keep it on open source software at this point? Sure, but we already kind of riffed on it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, open source software is the future, and they're. Why is it important, Marty? So you can verify. And if you, you can't verify, trust. at least someone else can verify. Yes. Because if it's closed source, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. 
right? Head. And now there's yes. some nuance here. The hardos will say that it's not open source unless it's free open source software, which means that the license allows you to fork it and use it as you as you will. So this would be like uh, MIT QT, correct? Right. Uh, something yes. like Bitcoin Core. Yes. Or Electrum. Um, then you have just the code is open so everyone can verify it and they can build from source. They can take the source code and they can make the app themselves. That's just open source. It's not free open source. Um, usually what it says is you can do what you want with it, but not for commercial purposes. You can't use it to uh, make money off of. Um, and then there's some nuance here. If, if it's a mobile app, and it goes through the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, there's no way to verify that the app you get is the same source code that is released open. The way to get around that is on Android at least, you can release an APK, which is basically an application file independent of an app store that you download through the browser. to, to deliver your open source app, or you can put it in an open source app store like F-Droid. And the whole reason for that would be to reproduce the builds and prove it for yourself, verify. and To know what the fuck is going on. To be able exactly. to know what the hell is going on with whatever you're using. So if an app shows you a Bitcoin address... How do you know that that address... You know how it's serving that that address. How do you know that address is the correct address? Yes. By the code being open, someone can verify that. You might not be able to verify that, but someone can verify by that. And, And being reproducible is important because then that person can be like, these things match up. You can verify that they match up. And even if you don't look through the code, you know I look through the code. And they're the same thing. But uh, like I said, you can build from source, which is a little bit more difficult. But a bare minimum of what you should have if you want to be able to verify, right? What do you mean? Like that should be the bare minimum is being able to build from source so that you can verify. And even if you can't do it, somebody like your Uncle Jim can do it and be like, all right, yeah, exactly. This is good. Yeah. Exactly. Or like the Uncle Jims around the world can all look at the source, right? When when Brave decided to start auto adding ref links to <laughs> their fucking things, what happened? Somebody like called people, them out. But people saw it in the source. There was a line you could point to in the source to 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 show where it was happening. Where was everyone verifying the app they downloaded? Some people probably downloaded Brave through like the Apple like Apple has like a store for their computers now. Like some people probably downloaded it through that. Some people downloaded it on mobile through Google Play or Apple App Store. They weren't checking. But then they saw on Twitter <laughs> that that it was doing that, right? Because someone else was checking. It's like a bare minimum type of thing. And it's also a social contract type of thing. Like you see how things are working behind the hood. Yeah. I mean it should be again the bare minimum and hopefully I think the trend is moving that way. Back in my like, day, back in my day, you were dead in the water if you released a Bitcoin wallet that was closed source. It was just 
never going to happen. But times are changing. Look, there's different trade-offs. As we said, for some people, Ledger can be a useful product. Okay? It's important to make those trade-offs absolutely clear, and Ledger does a damn fine good job of doing that. They're like, we are the hardware wallet that is approved by the French intelligence agency, and we are a closed source, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't gotten hacked. Um, And they fucking own it. They just say, like, that's what's going on. You know, they're like, we can't release the the secure element. It's under NDA. It is what it is. That's what's going to happen. And you have to own it. You have to, like, make the trade-offs clear. As long as you make the trade-offs clear, then I have no problem with it. can have an honest conversation about it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Beware, freaks. Beware. I mean, and that's, well, to me at least... Like that's why I'm drawn to the cold card. That's why I'm drawn to Electrum. Uh, Electrum for me was like the go-to for like when I first got in to Bitcoin and started securing my keys, and it was because it was open source. Do you believe that because those open source uh, products are out there, that the market will naturally coalesce around them, or do you think UX will win out at the end of the day? Well, it's funny, right? So. You know, Linux versus Apple is probably Linux versus Windows and Apple is probably the perfect example, right? Because Linux runs the majority of backends everywhere. But when it comes to consumer devices, you tend to see people choose the closed source option. Yeah. Right? Like the website you're hitting is probably using Linux. Uh, the ATM actually might be using Windows. I they, I don't know. Some weird things happen there. But a Linux happens a lot behind the scenes, right? Um, all Android phones are using Linux with, with closed source elements on top. Well, isn't uh, Linux getting, getting sent out in all these new Windows devices? Didn't Windows capitulate? They have like an... They like allow you to like... There's like an emulation virtual machine thing. I don't know. I haven't used a Windows computer in a while. I just... I have a guy who I send anyone who DMs me a Windows question. I just send them. I'm not going to put him on the spot on this. He is on Bitcoin Twitter. He should stop using Windows. You know who you are. But he knows what he's doing on Windows. Eric. So I send everyone. I send, <laughs> it's not Eric. I, so I send everyone to him because um, I just haven't used it in a while. I think as we were talking about earlier um, about these small little steps you can take before we go into the weeds of things. Uh, like getting Windows out of your life is like a very good step. Like that is just spyware at this point. They've just built spyware in at the OS level. Um, don't use that shit. Don't use that shit. And at the bare minimum, you want to be able to trust, like to trust Bitcoin, these open source software pro- projects, these free and open source software projects, including Bitcoin Core, have to exist. And they cannot be controlled by any third party and one of our favorite topics on this podcast is the growing centralization of proof of stake protocols in the future due to the natural incentives that will exist by exchanges offering better interest rates on staked coins uh, that are held on their platforms and this week we had a huge not a huge announcement nothing that comes out of here massive announcement it's laughable. Uh, Consensus is partnering with Binance and Huobi to help stake Ethereum. Uh, 
two of the most shady exchanges in the world uh, or partner up with one of the you think most Binance shady. is one of the most shady exchanges in the world? Fuck yeah, dude. Do you think Binance C- is less shady CZ than Coinbase? CZ came from OKCoin. Okay Do you think Binance is less shady than Coinbase? More shady than no, Coinbase? I put them, I meant. I would put them on the same. Who's shadier? I think Coinbase is shadier. Brian Armstrong, Bi- if you come on the podcast, these are the types of questions we will ask you. Yeah. But I mean, Binance is up front. Like, hey, he owns gonna- it, right? That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Make the trade-offs clear. He owns it. CZ yeah. can go fuck himself as well, but he owns it, right? To, for, he's, like the Justin, he's like the Justin Tron of. He Bitcoin mostly shares. owns it. He's like he's disingenuous about BNB and Binance Chain and shit, but he mostly owns it. Yeah. Uh, and also, there's just a lot of shady exchanges out there. Like Wobi is pretty fucking shady. OKCoin okay, is you know is like pretty shady. Okay, coins getting like less shader to me Let now me. that they're contributing to Bitcoin core development, but maybe that's like them trying to like rub off the mob or something like that. CZ buying coin market cap was pretty shady. Like he's like using it to shill his shit, obviously. Yeah, Binance is uh, somehow the best ranked exchange on, on coin market but cap. But like now. if I go to Don't go on coin market cap. I haven't been on coin market cap in years. Okay, I'm going now just to <sighs> tell you how many shady exchanges there are that we've just never even heard of. And, like, I feel bad if I'm, like, throwing them under the bus. You know, like, KuCoin, Buybox, Gate.io, ZB.com, Corbit, Paraboo. I don't know. Stormgain, BTC Turk Pro, CoinDCX, BitTrue, Luno, GoPax, CoinX, Exmo, VCC Exchange. Like, to say something's the most sketchy exchange is, like, I don't know. It's a pretty high bar. A couple of them I've heard, are, I think, are pretty localized and regions that we're not familiar with how about alter dice what is your opinion on alter dice as an exchange don't have one first time i've heard it uh what about coin tiger don't have one. bit panda pro i've heard of bit panda how about this they're, one talk like russia talk ok talk okay bit cub stacks ocean x hey this podcast is global now. If any of you freaks, <laughs> if any of these exchanges are your local exchanges, we're yeah. I apologize if any of those exchanges are good exchanges. I apologize. I don't. I was just dropping names, but uh, yeah. Anyway, the point is is that proof of stake inherently centralizes among custodians and high net worth individuals and organizations that hold a shit ton of Ethereum, um, and we're going to see this play out. We're already seeing it play out with the other chains that have proof of stake already. Um, and clearly this shows that consensus who is a mainstay in Bitcoin, in Ethereum development, um, led by Joe Lubin, who himself owns a shit ton of Ethereum also believes that this is the case and it's a feature, not a bug to them. They want to have that control and be able to dilute everyone else. Right. Yeah. You only have the link to the CoinDesk article. You have to also link to your thread, which has been following this for more than two years now at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's the natural incentives of the system make it such that custodians are going to accumulate most of the staked Ethereum. And to think that consensus isn't going to try to imbue their will on the protocol once that is happen, especially if they're helping out Binance and Huobi 
and they are their staking advisors. Like, wake the fuck. I mean, if anybody's listening to this is an ETH bull, which I doubt many of you are, but if you are, like, these incentives don't make any sense. And then will they even ever get this proof of stake? Like, I'm not at all confident in that. Like, I don't think. Apparently, July is supposed to be a huge, major checkpoint milestone where they begin phase zero or whatever it's fucking called. Um, One of my biggest fears is that, like, I just, or it used to be a big fear, was that I, I, like, just don't shut up enough, and then they realize, like, proof of stake's a horrible idea, and they just stick with proof of work, and they start prioritizing ASICs. But I've come to the conclusion that this is all by Dude. design. That this is exactly what they want, right? Their incentives are already broken to the point it's where they late, want it. It's too late, dude. The Ethereum.org blog came out and admitted that their chain states like three terabytes. 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 Three terabytes at this point. I. Uh... Yeah, I. I just. It's amazing to me that so many people in this space still think that proof of work is the problem that needs to be solved. When Dude, I was saying, it is the solution. Like distributed proof yeah. of work is the fucking amazing solution that happened, right? Like that is, that's the innovation. Like the innovation was never blockchain. It was fucking proof of work that could be verified. Proof of work with a difficulty adjustment. Yeah. Proof of work existed with Hashcash and the difficulty adjustment is the magic ingredient that really is like, oh shit. The shit is big. And I actually, earlier this week, got into a very cordial conversation with the developers working on ETH 2.0. And yeah, they just don't see this shit, dude. They don't. Anyway, I mean, and then, yeah, that's what I... I'm sorry, I interrupted, all right? You interrupted last week, I interrupted this week. No, did you interrupt me? I'm, my... First of all, this is a long-ass trip. I, I hate Udi's Tron thing where he goes on and on about Tron. Um, but yeah, like he's onto something, right? Like why, why use Ethereum? It's purely when satirical. There's all these other me. shits are, are available already. You know? Yeah. I mean, I will say this pretty confidently and I will eat crow if I'm wrong in the future. But I do not think Ethereum will ever successfully transition to proof of stake. Are you going to cook the crow first or raw? Uh, I'm going to raw dog that bitch. No, you should cook it. <laughs> you should probably cook it first. It's probably not healthy to just eat oh, it raw. Speaking of crows, not that any crows were in this documentary. Watched a really good documentary on Hulu last night, uh, Little Big Farm. Really, really interesting. If you're, if you're thinking about conspiracy related. No, what? No. It's about uh, building a an ecosystem via a farm huh. that is sort of just, uh, it's a flywheel that just sort of upgrades itself. And Little Big Farm may be the wrong title, but it was on Hulu about this couple that decided to buy a farm because their dog uh, was cooped up in their apartment in LA. And within seven years, they had just like a self-sustaining ecosystem on this farm. It's, it out. it's pretty funny where our heads go because yours went to that documentary. Mine went to McAfee's dick bet. <laughs> like dude's never going to, he's not going to eat his own dick, right? Like that's yeah, not going to happen. Owe, you owe us a sausage video, McAfee. Was that 20,000 by the end of the year? No, it was like a million by the end of 2020. 
We can still do it. There's a tracker somewhere. There's like a website that tracks no. it. I think yeah, no, because it passed already. It was 2019, I think. Oh, he already lost. Yeah, he definitely. Already wow, lost. who would have thought that McAfee didn't stand up to his word? I am, I am so disappointed. Yo, dude, he's an old fucking OG man. Show some respect, bro. Show some goddamn respect. John McAfee's out there on a fucking boat shilling any shit coin that pays him enough. And you're here talking shit about his dick-eating butt. Who are you, Mr. Odell? Who are you? I can say the same about you, Marty. Say the same about you. <laughs> I'm just some loser with a microphone. So we're like almost two hours in. Do you have? Do we have anything else to talk about here? Uh. Threw it at the end of the list just because I think it's important to note. Uh, capitalism in the U.S. is nothing more than an idea at this point. Uh, the Fed announced this week that they're officially buying uh, corporate bonds directly. They're not even buying. Uh, they have been buying ET, corporate bond ETFs. And Powell came out this week and said uh, they're going to be buying the bonds that underlie those ETFs directly. And then on top of that, he said he sees no end in sight to their asset purchases so I just wanted to make the point while we have this episode up for the people that listen to this podcast but don't read the bent, that we do not live in a capitalistic society anymore. We live in a society built on corporate communism, and it is a very slippery slope because, as we can see, the tensions in America are high right now. People are looking at uh, powers that be and saying, you know, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. At one point, it's going to get to... At some point, it's going to get to the point where... People look at the Fed and they're like, hey, you're giving these bailouts to all these corporations. Fuck you. I want it too. So it's going to transition from corporate communism to full-blown communism at some point, just naturally, by the way things are going. Beware. Corporate communism? It's legit corporate communism. They're like buying and redistributing money for companies that should be failed. So... Is Portnoy right, though, that stocks are going to go up forever? I mean, they'll go up. Well, very interesting point. Yes, they may go up forever. But guess where else they went up forever? Venezuela, Argentina, Zimbabwe. The stock markets rallied far higher than anybody expected right before their hyperinflationary crisis. All I can say is if the Fed's going to buy assets, they should buy Bitcoin. It's the most prudent decision. No, leave them out. Leave them out. You know what? Fuck them. You can buy, yo. Buy as much Libra as you can get your hands on, Jerry. Get all the Libra you can get. You know what? Buy all the Ether you can get. The, the Fed sh- should become a staking entity within the <laughs> Ethereum. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> you, you, got, you got me on that one. Um, yeah, that was a good rip, dude. We're almost two hours in. Rodolfo's uh, on Twitter right now wondering where the fuck RHR is. Is he? Well, you're checking noties, bro. Yeah, I uh, we're I at make that a part point. of the episode. I make a point not to check noties. Yeah. Well, this week, I, this week I did at least. Usually, I have I have my phone on silent, which is always a good thing. And when we're in person, I don't check shit. I can't wait till we're in person again. But when I'm, I get distracted when we're when we're doing. I have I have Zoom fatigue. I do as well. We're going to do a stimulus package Monday on the 29th. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I'm going to the woods. I'm going to be in the woods for, I'm not going to disclose where, but I'm going to be in the woods for the next week and 
half. Well, enjoy the woods. Um, I should I have internet. You'll... We'll make it work. I'll. We'll definitely have a rabbit hole next week. Yeah, we'll definitely figure. How it out. How many weeks anything... in a row of rabbit hole recap have we had so far? Go back to. We've never skipped a week. Go back to September 2018. No, we skipped one week. Remember, right. and we felt horrible about it. Yeah, I do. It was like Christmas break, Aaron. We like right. apologized. We apologized to the freaks, and it never fucking happened again. Fucking dedication. Stay home. I think it's been. I think, <laughs> I think it's been well over a year. Um. Yeah. Can and adding the stimulus packages into that. Yeah. Many consecutive episodes. Yeah, I intentionally set up my woods for tomorrow, leave tomorrow, because I thought we were recording live today. That's my the bad. that's the dedication. But yes, now I'm I f- looking forward to that. It'll be now good. I feel terrible. That's on me. No, don't don't feel bad. Um just like to make this better, Rodolfo should release the next version of the cold card already. I'm waiting yeah. for it. Fucking make it happen, Rodolfo. Um It's been a fun rip. I can't wait until we see each other in person. Travel safe to the woods that you're traveling to. And um, looking forward to next week. I'm sure there will be a bunch of shit that happens between now and then. Stay humble. Stack sad. Shill lightly. Peace. Ooh, I like the shill lightly at the end of that. Peace and love, freaks. Dickie!